well met everyone. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a podcast by a nerd for other nerds that love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather and I'll be your host as we journey into the wondrous land of information. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. So this week I'm going to be talking about a new video game that I and several of the other directors here at Nerdsmith are a little bit obsessed with, maybe kind of, sort of, a lot obsessed with. It's called Raft. So for anyone who really loves Minecraft-type games where you're going through this big world and gathering items and creating things, Raft is something that you might also enjoy. The twist is that instead of it being a solid world that you're walking around in, you're actually on a raft in the middle of the ocean. And instead of it being just a let's see what kind of cool things we can design and build sort of game, you're actually trying to survive. You have to survive in this water world, essentially. Okay, so what I'm about to read you is actually taken from the wiki, or from one of the wikis anyway. This one is from raft.wikia.com. Uh, but it's supposed to be an overview, and I feel like it really encompasses some of the information, so I'm going to read through it. By yourself or with friends, your mission is to survive an epic oceanic adventure across a perilous sea. Gather debris to survive, expand your raft, and be wary of the dangers of the ocean. Trapped on a small raft with nothing but a hook made of old plastic, players awake on a vast blue ocean, totally alone and with no land in sight. With a dry throat and an empty stomach, survival will not be easy. Raft throws you and your friends into an epic adventure out on the big ocean sea with the objective to stay alive, gather resources, and build yourself a floating home worthy of survival. Resources are tough to come at sea. Players will have to make sure to catch whatever debris floats by using their trusty hook and, when possible, scavenge the reefs beneath the waves. However, thirst and hunger is not the only danger in the ocean. Watch out for the man-eating shark, determined to end your voyage. So that gives you just a really quick, brief synopsis of sort of what the game is about, but I felt like it was a really, really, really good one, so that's why I wanted to read the whole thing. So, like it says... You wake up and you're playing by yourself or with other players, depending on how you've decided to do it. And what you do is you wake up on this raft. It's this little tiny raft in the middle of a huge empty ocean. And you start off with decently full hunger and thirst meters. Those are two of the things you have to keep an eye on when you're playing the survival uh, sort of level of the game. Because there's different ways you can create your world depending on how hard you want it to be to stay alive. So... On sort of the basic level or the, the normal one, you've got a thirst bar and a hunger bar, and you have to monitor how full those are. And you have to keep an eye on those and keep yourself fed and hydrated in order to survive the game and win. But when you start off, all that you have on you on this little tiny boat is uh, a hook, like is described in that little re synopsis I read off. You start off with a hook made out of scrap plastic. And you just have to use that to try and hook different items that are in the ocean to try to gather resources so that you can start putting things together. And there's a lot of different things you can do. One of the things you can do is 
make yourself a bigger raft so you can expand the base of your raft so that you actually have space to move around. You also at one point can build a research table which lets you research new items as you find new things in the ocean or on the little islands that you come to. That's one thing too. You are stuck on a raft in the middle of the ocean but there are islands here and there throughout the world and there's also other rafts floating around. The thing is those other rafts are all abandoned but there is supplies on them that you can use. There are a bunch of supplies you can use and sometimes you'll find new items that you haven't seen before like hinges or bolts or something like that where you haven't discovered them yet so you didn't have anything you could invent with them but now that you've got them you can research them and expand your list of possible items that you can make. One of the things that myself and I think the other directors like so much about this game as we've been playing it together is that it's very very easy to have it be a cooperative game with your friends because one person could be fishing for food while another person is researching items and building things and another person could be dealing with the cat who's screaming in the background of my audio. That's Mowgli, incidentally, if anyone cares who's making all of that noise because he thinks I should be paying attention to him instead of doing my podcast. And he's very, very vocal about this belief, as are quite a few Bengals. He quite often thinks he should be the center of attention. Luckily, because of how I have my mic set up now in my new room, you can't hear him as loud as you used to be able to because most of my microphone is protected and surrounded by acoustic foam. So yay for less noise in the background, hopefully. But anyway, one of the things I like about the game is how easy it is to make it cooperative because you really can have five or six people on the ship all dealing with different things that are part of keeping the raft going and everyone still gets to do something they enjoy and there's a little bit of something for everyone I kind of feel like. For people who like doing creative builds you have a lot of different design options and you can also get paint and then paint the ship different colors as well so that even expands some of your choices beyond the just basic wood and you know palm leaf building that you can do. You know, the most frustrating thing about the noise he's making is that literally up until I hit the record button, he was sitting very quietly in the room with me. No noise, no meowing, just sitting there asleep, and now he won't shut up. But yeah, I really like the design factor. I really like the survival factor also. However, if you're playing by yourself or if you just aren't sure you want to deal with the different survival aspects, they do have different options for the world when you start it up. So one of the options, of course, is the normal mode. In normal mode, for survival purposes, you have to worry about your hydration, your hunger, and you have to worry about a shark. That's right, you heard me, a shark. There is a giant shark that at a certain point will start attacking your raft, and he will munch and crunch on parts of your raft and eat away pieces of it that you then have to rebuild or do without, depending on what they are. There are things you can do to reinforce some of the different tiles so that he doesn't take some of your most essential items. But if you're like me and you're playing a game by yourself, because I have one that's all just me too, and you don't want to have to deal with it, there's also a peaceful mode. In a peaceful world, the shark is still around, but he doesn't try to attack you. So you don't have to deal 
with rebuilding parts of your ship constantly and you don't have to deal with the shark attacking you and it's he's a pain I don't like him so since I was playing in a game with just me and not a world I was playing in with my friends I didn't want to have to deal with him and trying to keep myself alive so I chose to do peaceful mode I still have to make sure I eat and drink otherwise my character will die (laughs) but I don't have to worry about the shark so it's one less thing for me to keep track of and I'm enjoying it especially since when I was playing with my friends one of the things I never ended up doing the times we've done big games together is I hadn't actually done any of the swimming and gathering on the islands and things like that and one of the things you have to worry about in any of the modes where the shark can attack you is the fact that he will attack you if you jump in the water or if you fall in the water and the shark is right there he will come and try to take a bite out of you and it'll damage you and knock down your hunger and your thirst meters so that you then have to go drink more and eat more right away to try to heal yourself back up. Now one cool thing is that you can fight back against the shark. If he attacks you or anything like that or is just close enough that you can hit him, you can fire arrows at him when you finally develop your bow and arrow, or you can make a spear and stab him with a wooden spear or a metal spear later in the game. And either of those will damage him. And if you damage him enough, you actually can go collect the shark meat and eat the shark meat. So that's kind of a cool feature. Another interesting thing is when you kill the shark and go collect his meat, you have to stab him with a spear to get the meat off of him. But in addition, you also get the head. And you can use the head as a trophy or recent discovery from me and my friends, you can actually put the shark head into your clothing inventory and wear it as a helmet. So basically your view on the screen ends up getting like this sort of more oblong oval shape to it and you have shark teeth above and below at the top and bottom of the screen almost like you were looking through a shark head. It's kind of a cool feature. Personally, I didn't keep the shark head on for very long because it was driving me crazy not being able to see my entire screen. But if that doesn't bother you, then it's kind of a cool feature and you and your friends can run around with shark heads on once you get enough of them. Um, There's also seagulls that will come and try to steal your crops as you're growing them. That's another thing that isn't active in the peaceful mode. Those seagulls are super irritating, especially in the beginning when you don't have a lot of garden plots to grow your fruits and veggies in. And so I didn't want to deal with them either since I was playing by myself. But in a big group game, it's a lot easier, like I said, because you can have one person dealing with the shark and the seagulls. You can have one person making food so that everybody stays fed. You can have one person doing the exploring and keeping an eye out for, you know, the islands. You can have someone who's just building and making things so that you can get the raft up to where you guys want it. There's a lot of different features. It also works well, I think, for a larger, well, not large, but for a group of friends, you know, four or five people or so. Because one of the things that's nice about it is that there's a little something for everyone. If you are someone who really likes games where there's some combat, where you have to fight off something that's trying to get you, then the shark and the seagulls are there and you can fight them and there's that aspect of the game for you. If you prefer sort of role-playing type games, this may not be the one for you because there's not really any role-playing, but you sort of are 
I mean, you're, you're basically pretending like, what would I do if I was trapped on a raft and how would I want to design it and all this kind of stuff. But it's not really role play unless you and your friends decide to go that route on your own, which, you know, power to you go for it. I love role play. Another aspect to the game, which, you know, again, offers more options for people who like different types of games is the creative aspect. There's actually even a creative mode that you can put your world into. What happens is uh, you don't move. So you stop moving entirely. It's just a, a stopped raft in the middle of the ocean that you can build up on. But you have unlimited resources and you're never hungry and you're never thirsty. So you can just build, 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 build to your heart's content and you never have to worry about not having enough of an item in order to build something. Okay, so especially since... Mowgli won't stop meowing. I'm going to go into my mid-roll a little bit earlier than usual in the episode. Please stick around for it. There is a fun coupon code included in that. And then at the end of the episode, I'm going to go a little more into some of the actual like history data of where Raft came from and who makes it and where you can find it. And I'm also going to give you a few little tips that I have figured out just while playing the game recently. It's a lot of fun, so definitely stick around. Okay, so first off, I want to talk about World Anvil. I talk about them all the time, but they are super amazing, so I can't talk about them enough. WorldAnvil.com is a website that lets you world build. You can create your world for an RPG game. You can create your world for a book or other short story or anything like that that you're trying to create. And they've got all these different features and you can link different articles so that it can show how the different parts of your world interact with each other and how they connect and how they flow together. It's just amazing and they've got so many features. Some of them are paid for features. You can subscribe and different subscription tiers give you different options. Some of them are things you just get for free. Most of it is actually for free. And Dimitri and his team are constantly adding to the abilities of the site. They have new announcements of different things they've developed coming out basically every week. Something new is added or adjusted or debugged or whatever. They're constantly working on it and they're fantastic people. So that's worldanvil.com and I strongly recommend you check it out. The next one I want to talk about is our newest sponsor. I talked about them last week, so if you listened to my mid-roll, you already caught it. But definitely go check out dieharddice.com. Diehard dice are just gorgeous for starters. So if you're like me and you love pretty dice, you need to go check out their website. Just don't even hesitate. Next chance you have, go look at dieharddice.com. On top of that, I really enjoy companies that have a lot of integrity. And when we were talking to them about being our sponsors and working with them on, you know, creating what we have now with them, one of the things that Todd, the owner of Die Hard Dice, insisted on was that we needed to have his dice in hand to feel them and roll them and play with them before we talked about them on any of our shows. He wanted actual, legit, we have used the dice remarks from us. He didn't want us to just make something up based off what we had seen. He actually wanted genuine feedback being part of us talking about his company. And I think that's amazing because there's a lot of places out there that don't do that kind of thing. And he's been very generous with us with that. He sent dice to us all so that we could try them out before talking about them on our shows, all of the directors and, um, you know, 
of several of the players on different shows and everything as well and a couple of the other podcasts here on the network. And in every single case, he insisted that none of us talk about his company and his dice until we actually had some in hand and could play with them and roll them ourselves and see what we thought of them. And they're fantastic. If you caught Chaotic Goodness's live show the other night on Twitch that they also had live in person with an audience for the first time ever up in um, Oregon, then you would have seen them rolling the Die Hard dice as well. And they rolled amazing for them, by the way. Even Steve, who historically has super bad luck with dice, major cursed dice issues over there. And he rolled good on some of these rolls. So, I mean, these dice are really good dice. They have very good karma <laughs> for the chaotic goodness people. But if you'd like to check out dieharddice.com, I recommend you go to the website. And when you go to check out, if it's your first purchase with them, or if it is the first purchase since hearing my episode, then you should be able to use the code GeekThyself for 15% off your order. So it's 15% off your first order or your next order, either one of those. It's not a continuous code, unfortunately, you only get it one time, but it's still 15% off. So if you're looking for gifts for those RPG lovers in your life, I recommend dieharddice.com. Okay, everyone, welcome back. So, Raft was a very recent video game to come out, actually. It was initially developed by some college students as a project at Uppsala University um, in fall of 2016. And then, over time, people started playing it when they put out, like, a little prototype online, and people really, really liked it. And so they ended up getting together with Axolot Games to put together sort of what you see now, the raft that came out in 2018. So it's a newer game, very, very new. And it, right now it's available on Steam as an early release. That's actually where me and my friends purchased it. One of the things about it is that it's still technically in alpha. Like, honestly, in my personal opinion, and I'm not a game developer by any means, so there might be game developers out there with me who disagree, but I think the graphics are good. They're not like necessarily the most amazing, amazing graphics I've ever seen, but they're really good for what they are, especially with all the different features they've got in the game. I think everything looks really pretty. The islands and the leaves and the way they've got the water flowing and the way the shark moves, they did a really good job with all of it. On top of that, it's still only in alpha and there's already so many things you can do. And I just saw recently an announcement where they're also going to be letting you have some farm animals. Like I think at the moment, the only one so far that I've seen is a llama. So in addition to everything they've already done, they're adding on that you can have a llama, which I mean, I don't personally want a llama in real life, but the idea of getting to have pets in game, I'm all for 100%. Oh, that's actually one thing I forgot to mention. One of the things you can do with the seagulls, which makes them slightly less annoying than the shark, is that with the seagulls, you can also build nests and then collect eggs from the seagulls that you can use to cook and eat with. So the seagulls at least have a purpose. The shark just eats your crap and then you have to rebuild after him. And maybe if you get lucky and kill him, you get some shark meat and a cool helmet. But that's all still in the works. Like they're still designing the game. They're still updating things. I will say one downside right now, because again, it's an alpha. So be nice. It's an alpha 
and there are some glitches sometimes. There are moments where if you drop something, sometimes it floats in the middle of the air instead of falling down. Or, you know, you'll go running around your raft and there's a missing board and you know you put a floor piece there, but it's just gone because something about the game has glitched and it didn't stick. So your board is gone and you fall through the hole into the ground, onto the lower floor kind of thing. So there's little things like that that are happening periodically. I haven't had anything like that happen on a creative world that one of my friends put together that we were all building in. It only happened in my peaceful world and it's happened on the other normal play world that I'm on with my friends. Oh, there's also hard mode. Hard mode I haven't played yet and I'm kind of scared too, honestly, because <laughs> it's bad enough keeping yourself alive on just the normal mode. I can't imagine what hard mode is. I, I am going to tell you later because I have looked it up, but it's it sounds a little intimidating. And um, one of the things about creative, like I said, is the water doesn't move and there's no shark or anything like that. There's You're not sailing. So I think that part of the reason there's not glitches in the creative mode one is that they've done so many fewer modifications for all the movement and everything. It just doesn't take as much processing speed and it doesn't crash the game as easily, you know? Now... Again, they're only in alpha, so I can't even imagine how much more awesome it's going to get before they actually release the full game. But right now, at least, you can get it on Steam early release, um, and it'll probably be less expensive than the full game when it comes out. But it's a lot of fun. It is a computer game. They don't have it out for anything but Windows so far. I'm sure they'll change that, but at the moment, I think it's just Windows and it's an ASWD game. So if you're not familiar with using ASW and D to move yourself around, that may be a feature that'll bother you if you don't play a lot of computer games. But if you don't care, then it's just the ASWD and your mouse are the only things you need to play the game. Um, because you do have to click on buttons and do things with your left mouse button and your right mouse button. Oh, that's one tip I have for you guys, actually. If you pick up this game... The first couple times I played, because I've played computer games, I love computer games, but I had never seen this particular acronym before, LMB and RMB. So LMB is left mouse button, so left click, and RMB is right mouse button, right click. But the first couple times I saw them, I was really confused, and I kept looking at my keyboard going, what is LMB? I don't see an LMB button. Yeah, it's, yeah. Now, those of you who play a ton of computer games are probably laughing at me, and that's fine. But that's one tip I have for any of you out there that want to try it, that don't play tons of computer games, is that what that that's what that means. So, you know, just so you know. Oh, another tip that uh, is important if you haven't played it before is that once you build your research table and start researching items so that you can make more of them, it's important to remember that your research table consumes the item you put into it. So if you're researching, say, glass, if you put a piece of glass into the research table while you're researching it, that piece of glass is destroyed. So if you needed that for something, you might want to wait until you have more glass before you destroy the one you have. Just a little tip. Another thing I recommend if you're going to play in the regular or hard modes is make sure you're careful where you put your stuff. So for example, it is possible for the shark to eat a hole in the middle of your boat. And if that happens to be where your chest full of wood is, 
you just lost your chest full of wood. However, you can reinforce different tiles, different foundation tiles with metal pieces, and that makes it so that the shark cannot bite through them. So that is something I would recommend as a tip for any of your areas where you've got stuff stored that you don't want the shark taking away from you. Oh, and I also said I would tell you guys what hard mode is. So in normal mode, if you die, you respawn. However, in hard mode, you can't respawn without a friend. So if you don't have a friend playing with you, you just die and lose all your stuff. So if you play hard mode by yourself, you have to be damn sure you don't die. And on top of that, it's dangerous to try to search for items under the water or at the surface because the shark will eat you much quicker. So in normal mode, it takes several attacks for the shark to eat you and actually kill you. In hard mode, it only takes three hits. And I gotta tell you, the shark moves pretty quick, so it is not hard for him to hit you three times. So just to recap, the different modes you can play in are hard, where you cannot respawn without the help of a friend, normal, which is average difficulty for sort of the normal player, and you can respawn, but you lose all your items, easy, where it's easier to maintain your hunger and thirst levels, and you don't lose your inventory if you die. Then there's Peaceful, which is the one I'm playing in by myself, where there's no threats of attacking players and foundations, so I don't have to worry about the shark and things like that. And then there's Creative, where you have unlimited supplies, unlimited health, and you don't have to worry about survival at all. You just get to build, build, build. So if you're someone who likes designing things and building buildings in Minecraft, but you want to try something a little different, Raft Creative might be a really good option for you. Okay, so I've talked a lot about Raft today. Um, I will also say if you ever want to possibly catch me and the other directors playing Raft on Twitch, we do occasionally stream it from Logan's uh, sort of side Twitch. It's not the one that any of the Nerdsmith things are on, but it is Devious Muppet. He occasionally is on there playing video games and sometimes we join him for Raft. None of us are on screen, but you can hear all our voices as we're talking and working together and doing everything. I will say too, for any sort of team building exercise that you may want to do, we've been using it sort of that way for Raft where the directors and occasionally a couple other people are on and we're, we are team building. We're working together to create things and figure out, you know, how we're going to survive in this world, but it's without the pressure of you know, real life consequences, just in-game consequences, which are a lot less stressful and it's kind of fun. And we get to work together and accomplish things and build something, which is honestly what Nerdsmith's all about. So with that, I'm going to call this week's episode good. I hope you come check us out sometime playing Raft. It's a lot of fun. Definitely recommend it. If you're on Steam and you're interested, you could also look into joining the Nerdsmith community group, which we have on there now. So it's definitely something where you could come hang out with us and maybe play Raft with us at some point. You can also find more information on it on our Discord server where we're all active and chat with you guys on a daily basis. So if you were interested in trying to start up a game or possibly an RPG game even, we do have places where you can post that you're looking for a group to play with. And sometimes Zach from Countless Heroes will play a one-shot game. He'll DM a one-shot game. For people on the server so definitely something fun to check out and i'll be back next week with a new topic
please remember to check out all the other wonderful shows and productions that we have at nerdsmith.org. You can submit questions or topic suggestions to me on Twitter at amethyst underscore magic with a CK. Or you can email me at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. I'll be back next week with a new and interesting topic. Until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Monsters. Savages. Abominations. Eighty years ago, the great kingdoms of the land above drove all monstrous creatures from their domain and claimed the surface of the world for themselves. Those that escaped the slaughter were driven deep underground, banished forever into the lightless reaches of the dark below. In this endless labyrinth of stone tunnels and caverns, their descendants still fight to survive. And she's going to pretend that she's a fan of this dragon. She's going to be, she's going to say, um, Oh my gosh, I have heard of you before. And I am just so happy that you're actually real. And we actually found you. We've been looking for oh, you. that's flattering. I look at O'Neill Salute, and then go back into the shadows. Yeah, sure, make it look so easy. I will. <laughs> she gets angry, and she just finds Dyer and just tries to, like, attack them with it. One of this creature's massive, clawed hands grabs hold of your wrist. The cub yet has strength. Come explore a world where sunlight is a myth, and monsters may become heroes. Discover new episodes of The Land Above every Monday on nerdsmith.org, Podbean, or wherever you download podcasts. A proud member of the Nerdsmith Network.